0: Well, normally I get up here and I I wear my uniform. These are our army clothes as well. When we go out there, we don't look like that guy up there. And and, and I already thanked him, but thanks again, Dave, for uh, snapping that picture. It'll be a couple weeks back. But we are at war. And again, if you're new to our church, you're kind of jumping in. It's like we skipped the first two courses and we're diving right into the meat. And, and if you're here today, and just hang with us. Go back and listen to the last couple of messages, War 1 and 2, because it really does lay a foundation from Ephesians chapter 6. And it talks about uh, the tactics of the enemy and some of the things that he's trying to do to destroy us. How many know we have a real adversary? That's right. I better open my notes or... I'm not going to know where I'm going today. This week is... Uh, it's very important for us, it, it's a district council in Lansing, and we're excited to be going down there, but at the same time, it's, it's always, uh, we, we would covet your prayers. So, you know, as we give direction to our denomination, especially in the uh, Michigan district, so if you would keep us in mind this week as you go to the Lord, I would certainly appreciate it, and uh, thank you for that. So, again, today we're looking at war, part three. I'm going to skip a couple of these. Uh, the devil, we're supposed to stand firm against his strategies. How many can say amen to that? Amen. And by doing that, the Apostle Paul said, God has given us these pieces of armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of shoes, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and, of course, the last one, the sword of the Spirit, which is, of course, the spoken Word of God. We often hold our Bibles up, but that Bible doesn't do a thing. It's when it's spoken that it comes to pass. That's why it's so important that we're all students of the Bible. If you don't have one, get one. We've got one back there. If you can't afford one, the men will give it to you at the end of the service. Or if you want one right now, go back and get it. Today in War, Part 3, Besides the armor of God, I want to talk about one thing. Everybody say that with me. One thing. What is that one thing, Pastor? The one thing that we need to live successfully for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to pray. Lord, again, we have already sensed that you're here. And this message that You have for us, Lord, I believe it's for such a time as this. You've already shown up. Lord, we could end right now and we'd feel good about it. But I believe that You want us to catch what we're talking about today. The importance of the one thing that You have already given us. Lord, we need to receive it. We need to take hold of it. Go after it with all that we have. All that we are. All, that, all of our being and i pray that for these people today lord if they're not already connected to you i pray this one thing would be theirs in jesus name amen ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 this is the last part of the armor of god and in it it says pray in the what spirit at all times on every occasion stay alert be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere pray in the spirit all the time how do you do that what do you need to pray in the spirit, holy spirit. you've got to be filled with the holy spirit now I'm, I'm going to try to give an illustration here that i believe the lord gave this to me hopefully it'll be confirmed in your spirit as i do how many own a car a truck motorcycle something like that have you ever thought how blessed you are to have that vehicle? Versus going back into time, having to, having to get behind a horse and buggy. What would you have to do before you got behind? Hook it, Hook it up. You had to feed that thing. You had to shovel some stuff out, usually. The barn. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't fun. I cleaned my uncle's barn when I was a kid. He let it get this high in the winter. And he said, hey, Norm, Butch. That was my older brother. Butch, Norm, would you guys come out? I'll pay you 50 cents an hour. That date's it. And we did. We went at that. And I'm telling you what, that was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. I'm thankful. I don't have to do that every day. We have a vehicle that... You know what? We want to sit in there and crank up the jams, Let it rain. Let it rain. And you can shut the windows and nobody will hear you. If you happen to be one of those that aren't gifted with a good voice. <laughs> Mary's like, that's me. Yeah, just look nuts. Yep. Or in the winter you can get in there and you can get all warm and toasty. Or in the summer you can get all cooled off, which... That might be for a week or two in Gaylord, but you really don't need air conditioning here. It doesn't seem. But as ma- amazing as modern cars are, they all need one thing. Gas. Gas. Poke your neighbor and say, it needs gas. Say it just like that. It needs gas. I'm sorry if you're new to our church. <laughs> it's going to be one of those mornings. What is in each car to make it run? An, an internal combustion engine. Now, every car, motorcycle, truck, gas-powered, that is, has either a carburetor or fuel injection, right? All right. And as the piston hits the top, and I have a little illustration here, as the piston hits the top, at just the right moment, the fuel is injected or poured in or, and air, and then that little thing at the top, which is the spark plug, it emits a little voltage in there, actually a lot of voltage, but a little bit, and that thing goes boom. And what's it do? It forces the piston back down, which turns the crankshaft, which turns the transmission, which turns the wheels. Hallelujah! That's how that works. And by the way, when you show pictures in public nowadays, you have to give the person that drew it credit. So I am giving her credit. I think that's a her. Hopefully. What happens if your car runs out of gas? It stalls out, right? Anybody ever have that happen? While you're driving? It isn't any fun, is it? Or you may have thought, ah, I can get there. I can can do it. Some of you pray really hard. And you make it, but some of you, it doesn't always work, does it? You find yourself, and it stalls. What a bummer. What the Lord showed me is, this is our vehicle. And who made it? Jesus. All right? When you become born again, instead of GM, you've got JC on your forehead. You know, If we had a hood ornament, it would be J.C. right here. Jesus made this. When we confess our sins, when we say, Jesus, make me right again. He changes everything about us from the inside out. And we're brand new. The old man is no more. It's all new. Hallelujah. I love driving new cars. Don't you? But even though it's a new car, it still needs gas. Say, like gas. <laughs> we still need gas. Are you still tracking with me? <laughs> Just as gasoline is the fuel that drives the car, God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is our fuel. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, there are limits on what you can do. Now this doesn't make you any lesser of a Christian hear this. And if anybody tells you otherwise, shame on them. Because that's not our job. But the Bible and Jesus Himself, there's a reason that He told His disciples after they were born again, not to run out and do anything until they did this one thing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That one thing that they did. So I'd like to go back to Luke chapter 24 And I'm going to read this. I'm not going to show it all, but I'm going to read this. Verses 44 to 49. Just hang with me, and then the last verse I'll put up. Now, realize Jesus had just come back from the dead. How many know the church was pretty pumped? When they figured out who this guy was that was walking with them, they realized this is God, and He is alive! And then He starts teaching them again. I've got things to share with you guys. Things that are coming, things about the kingdom that you need to understand. Verse 44, he said, when I was with you before, before the, or before the crucifixion, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. So everything he said, everything the Old Testament prophet said had to be fulfilled. And he, you got to remember Everything in the Bible will come to pass if it hasn't already. Most of it already has. That's the reason we call this truth. Because it is. You know, man, we make all kinds of promises. But we don't always fulfill them, do we? Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And He said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of His name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, Jesus said. And you, speaking to His disciples, you are my witnesses that this is true, that these things have happened. Hallelujah! And then we get to this verse. And now... I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Get this part. But stay here in the city until, until what? The Holy Spirit comes on, comes and what? Fills you with power from heaven. Let's talk about that word power real quick. The Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity has been sent by the first person of the Trinity, God the Father. And He came in the authority of Jesus Christ. And He came, the Holy Spirit came, to empower the church. This word power is translated from the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the, the word dynamite. Explosive, alright? And it means That when we receive this power, that we're going to have a strength, a supernatural force is in us. It isn't us, it's God in us. And it's miraculous working power that he wants to give us. And he does give us. And they have done studies on this. The churches that are exploding all across the world have one thing in common. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. People can deny that you need it, that it was only for the disciples, it was only for the early church, but I want to tell you something. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we need Jesus. Yes, that's where you start. But then He says, go after the Holy Spirit, wait for Him to fill you. Otherwise, you have no fuel. Who's got the power? Who's got the power? <laughs> Who needs the power? Raise your hand if you need the power. I need the power, for crying out loud. I need more of it. I want more of it. And I'm not just being selfish. I want God to use me. And unless I'm connected to Him and He's been putting into me, I've got nothing to give away. But when he fills me up, when my tank's full of the Holy Ghost, look out, brother and sister. Uh, I think this, that's the kind of day we're in right now. So Jesus leads his disciples to this place where he's about to be taken to heaven. And Of course, you know Luke wrote the book of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts. And we're going to jump over there in just a minute. But well, let me finish up with Luke 24-50, the last chapter, 50-53. to 53. Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple, praising God. I want to show you two things here first when Jesus said that he was going to talk to them he was going to take them to Bethany and then the Bible says he went up there's something that happened in between here that's not written right here I'm going to show that to you in just a minute so a little time lapsed before this actually happened and knowing that Luke wrote both books he didn't contradict himself all right so there's a short period here where something happened we'll get to that in just a minute Number two, I wanted to show that when these apostles or disciples at the time, when they knew or realized that Jesus had come back from the dead, that he did everything the Bible prophesied would happen, how many know they're pretty pumped? And what did they do? They went to the temple and they gave God the praise. You know, there's a remnant out there today saying, you don't need to go to church you could do that in your home and you know what you can praise god in your home but there's something about bringing the body of christ together where the power of god energizes that that body like we saw this morning that you just don't get when you're at home people are missing it so don't listen to that hogwash Because that's what it is. It's the devil trying to get you alone. Why, why, you just do that at home. You don't have to go there without those hypocrites. Really? He just wants you alone because then he can take you out even easier. Don't discount coming together in Jesus' name. These guys didn't. They went right to the temple and started worshiping. And trust me, their audience wasn't all geeked about it like they were. Because there were Jews there, and they didn't know what was happening. But these guys were saying, hey, that guy you just crucified, he rose. Trust me, it wasn't received by some. Now here's the important part. The part where Jesus talks to his followers. Acts chapter 1. And I wanted to read starting with verse 1, just because it gives a little history. I'll put this up behind me. In my first book, and Luke wrote this, so he's talking about Luke, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles what? Further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. That's good news, isn't it? And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So, what happened for 40 days? Jesus taught them. He spent that time showing them it really is true. Everything I told you was true, it's all come to pass, it's been fulfilled. And now he gives them this instruction. Once, oops, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. All right, catch that part. He wasn't asking them, he was telling them, this is what you need to do next. You know, usually, just before mom and dad go out the door, if they leave the kids with a babysitter, what's the last thing they tell you? Something important, right? They save the most important thing for the last. When I get home, I want you to still be alive. You know what I'm saying. Some of you have had brothers and sisters. Your little brother better still be breathing. They leave you with the most important thing. Jesus commanded them do not leave Jerusalem until everybody say until until the father sends you the gift he promised as i told you before verse 5 john baptized with water but in just a few days you will be baptized with the holy spirit how many can say that with me you will be baptized with the holy spirit we need god the holy spirit We need to be baptized. But why? What was its purpose? Let's read on. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, is the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. They didn't have a clue what was about to happen. They're still expecting that Jesus is going to bring His army back any minute and take over Jerusalem and then take over the world. But we all know that didn't happen. They couldn't have known that. God had another plan. Instead of sending an army, He sent a baby. Born of a virgin named Mary. Impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And he grew up for 30 years as a carpenter's son. And his ministry was very, very lightly attended to at that point. And then he hit that magic age, if I can use that word. Nothing's magic with God. Then he hit that age. And the Holy Spirit came on him. And what happened next? Everything changed the way he ministered, the way he loved. Everything he did was driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. But nothing happened. A few little, little miracles here and there, but nothing of, of importance happened until God the Holy Spirit came on him and the Father said, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. He had the power. Can you say amen to that? God's plan was not to send an army from heaven. He had another plan. A plan to use the gospel of His Son to spread that good news all over the world and to change people through His church. We. the army we are the army and God is still using this army to bring peace and hope and love to the people on this planet but how many know we can't do it by ourselves Jesus didn't try and neither should we we need the power of the Holy Spirit verse 8 But you will receive, say this with me, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what it's for. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive what? Power! Power. Hallelujah. Then you will be what? His witnesses. His witnesses. I think I skipped one, but that's all right. What is the Lord showing us here? Read this with me. The witnessing we do is not apart from what we are, but flows out of what we become by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything that comes out of us is a result of God first putting it in us. How do you get it? You spend time plugged in. this is an area that a lot of us need to work on and i believe god this is the clarion call of god this week this is what he's saying to his church get plugged into me you're running on fumes some of you are empty get plugged into me well brother i've been trying to get filled with the holy spirit for 20 years and get plugged in listen i worked with a lady She was part of our team back in Lansing many years ago. Thirteen years she waited, pressed in, sought after God, the Holy Spirit. And don't go after the tongues, but go after the one that gives the tongues. You want that relationship. You want Him to just all of a sudden one day go, and then you're like, wow. How many know what I'm saying? You've experienced it firsthand. But how does it happen? You've got to get plugged in. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this one. Hopefully it's the right one. Psalm 127, verse 1, first part of it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Have you ever heard that one? So we can go out here and we can build this enormous church but unless God's in it, you labor in vain. See, we try to do this stuff on our own. You know why I think some people like getting dressed up? Because it, it puts them in the mood for church. They're dress, dressing up their, their temple a little bit. Spend more time with God, less time working on what you're wearing. And then when you get to church, you'll have something to give. And it won't all be about you just getting. And I think that's one of the issues in the churches. We're always coming to get, but God wants you to give. But you can't give what you ain't got. So you got to start getting it so you can give it. The church is empty, and God wants to change that. How many can say, "I want to be changed"? I'm tired of people running on fumes. God's saying this. I'm tired of my people running on fumes. I've got so much to give them, but they sit there and they just want, 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 but they never come to me so that I can give them what they need to give out. Hallelujah. And I'm not claiming I'm perfect. Far from it. If you know me, you know that's not true i got lots of issues, but I want more, folks. I want more for me. I want more for you, for this church, for His church, capital C. We have got to bust through these barriers. That's why I felt this message was so powerful and so needed today we got to get over this. And, and I'm going to show you something here in just a minute, so bear with me. But listen, in the same pastor, Stephen Brown, he said, Time spent seeking the Spirit is not time wasted. Labor without the Spirit is labor wasted. If you're doing it on your own, you're just spinning your wheels. But if God gave you something to do and He's poured everything in you to do it, then do it! Because it ain't wasted. (laughs) He's got big plans for His church. But we've got to be willing, we've got to be willing to do this one thing. Hallelujah. Jesus' instruction was simple. I don't know why this clicker is... Not working well today. There we go. Where'd it go? Come on. Hey, 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 hey. I'm trying. John, can you go back one? Thank you. Wait. Everybody say that. Wait. That's his one thing. Wait. Wait for what? How many came here today naked? Thankfully none of you because security would have taken you out. Don't try that. Hear this, though. How many of us run into the world naked, spiritually speaking? We leave the most important thing, the Holy Spirit. Hey, you know what, God? Hey, today, you know, I got things to do. I got, I got human things to do today, God, so you just stay back. I'll see you when I get home. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I know I'm not just preaching to me. Because if he comes with you, what's he going to do? Convict you of sin? That's one of his jobs. We don't want that. Hey, will we go do our own thing? We don't want him to be with us. Hello? Hello? He's always with you. You ain't getting away with nothing. My English is out the window today. But I don't care. Because I want the gas to fuel this life so that I can make a difference in the people on this planet. God put us here for a reason. He gave us this vehicle for a reason. And it was to be His witnesses. How are we doing with that, folks? Hallelujah. Now we get to the exciting part. Acts 2.1 On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, after Jesus was crucified, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Another example of unity in the body. Suddenly, verse 2, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. No one was left out here. But they were all waiting in one accord. And then the important part. And everyone, say that, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking in other languages. This is that word, tongues, or glossolalia. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The word glossolalia just means it's a language that they never learned. We can learn Spanish, we can pray in Spanish. Or French, or Russian. But you learn it. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, God gives you a language that you didn't know. Most of the time, in our experience, it's it's usually a heavenly language, one that no one knows, only God. You're communicating with who? Whom? God. Now occasionally, as we're going to see here, occasionally it is heard and people understand it. That's nothing short of miraculous though. God can do that, and I've heard of that happening even modern times. Where somebody was praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden a brother would come up to him, hey, where'd you learn how to speak Russian? Uh, I don't know Russian. This happened to one of our, our missions director from Lansing. I don't know Russian. He said, you, and he's doing this through a translator, he said, you spoke my language perfectly. And i heard god speak to me it still happens today hallelujah how are we doing that time thank you jesus get back to where i was all right this is very important who gave the disciples this ability god the holy spirit don't go after the tongues Go after the one who gives the tongues. Verse 5, At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. I love this. If God, when God uncaps His Spirit, people come running. What's that noise? Hark. What is it that I hear happening out there at the Hope? Or whatever church is seeking Him. They were bewildered. They were surprised. They were stunned to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Verse 7, they were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. What they're inferring is these guys are a bunch of nobodies. They're a bunch of dummies. Their IQ's like seventy-five. They were fishermen. I'm a fisherman. Wait a minute. (laughs) Nah, that explains a lot, doesn't it? All right, enough from the peanut gallery over here. Verse eight, and yet we hear them speaking in our our own native languages, and it goes through the list: Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And I wanted to pick up here. Listen to this part. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. Look at verse 13. The others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. What I want you to catch here is even the very first time that God baptized His people in the Holy Spirit, there was a remnant there that said, ah, that's not God. They're just drunk. That's from the devil. The devil put it in them to do that. Really, people are seeking after God. Go back to Luke 11 and read that. I'm going to have you do that for homework anyway. He said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give it to you. It ain't the devil. You think the devil wants to give you God, the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Don't listen to that bunch of mumbo-jumbo. i got to be careful where I'm saying, what I'm saying. I get pretty fired up when I hear this stuff. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Listen, they not only heard their own language, they heard a bunch of other stuff going on there. I believe many of them were praying and speaking in that heavenly language that so many of us have already received. God had filled these people Men and women alike, those who waited in that upper room, they were full of God. And they were speaking in a language they did not learn. And these people were confounded. And, and Paul goes into, or Peter goes into this long litany of things that all this was about, and even the death of Jesus, how they stoned him and all of that. But what I want you to catch here is what he said. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. He wasn't a drunk. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then he actually quotes that passage from Joel 2, 28. In the last days, God says, I will pour out My Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my Spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. That's what happened right here. God is no respecter of persons. He wants all of us filled. If you're born again, He wants you to take that next step. He wants you to have it all. He wants you to put gas in your tank. As I begin to close. How many would agree we're living in the days that Joel prophesied? Jesus came to lead us to repentance and forgiveness of our sins as John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Holy Spirit then came upon him to empower him and Jesus said, before I excuse me, when I leave you I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you forever. I'm actually jumping ahead of myself here. You and I need the fuel to be able to live our lives holy and pure before the Lord. How many would say yeah don't you don't have to raise your hand. how many would say inside voice, yeah, that's me. man, I mess up that temptation it just comes at me and I just We saw lots of chains broken here today. All right, But you need the power to fight the devil. You need the armor of God and you need the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and anew. And listen, just like becoming born again is just the beginning, when you receive God the Holy Spirit, when He fills you, it's not a one-time thing. You go back and you go back and you go back and you go back and you go back. Till you're in heaven, you go back and you get more. You just said it. Just like driving your car, you gotta stop once in a while and get refueled. Get out, stretch, drink a coffee. You need to get fueled up. We're at war, and you will never win this battle without the armor of God, the blood of Jesus, the armor of God, and the Holy Spirit. Can't do it. None of us can. My last scripture that I'm actually going to read, John 14, 15 to 17, if you love me, Jesus said, obey my commands. That's the catch. If you love me, obey my commands. How many can say, obey my commands? If you'll obey my commands, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and it doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him. Because he lives with you now. Listen to this. He lives with you now and later will be in you. (laughs) I'm telling you what. God wants to live in you. God wants to fill you up to overflowing. And when that happens, you're going to speak in a language you didn't know. Now here's something really weird. Let me me just put this up real quick. First step, repent. you got to ask Jesus to forgive you, all right? you got to put your faith and trust in Him. You can't go to the next step until you do this one. Next step, you're born again. Next, obey Jesus' commands, just like I just read. Do what He said. How do I know what He said? I get this beautiful book called the Bible, and I read it. I don't know how to read, then get it on CD, get it on, on digital, on an audio track somehow. Play it in your car, play it in your iPod, your iPhone, or whatever it is you I Do the I thing and listen. Have your neighbor read it to you. Then you'll both be blessed. Your husband, your mom. And then finally, ask him to fill you with his spirit. And then do what Jesus said that one thing, wait until you receive it. I didn't know how I was going to close today. And I'm so glad all that happened But it, after worship, at the end of worship. Because it really helped give me a peace about what I was doing today. How many know what next Sunday is? Mother's Day. And we love our moms. We, we do. We love our moms here. And we want to honor them. And Pastor Barb and I have are working on a strong message to bless all of our ladies and, and men too, I'm sure. And when we get together, you never know what's going to happen. That's next Sunday. So because of that, and I, I was praying, I was like, Lord, but you know this is so important. I don't want to leave the people hanging. And he said, you're not, because I want them to do something. And I said, what? He said, give them some homework. I said, really? I never ask him to do homework. Very seldom. Read Luke 11, 1-13. That's the passage. Well, first it talks about the Lord's Prayer. Then it goes right into if you ask God. I love it. Brother uh, Jeff, he's down here taking a picture. If you want to remember this and have an iPhone or a cell phone or whatever, you take a picture. Here. Here, get out. There. Go ahead. Luke 11, 1-3, Acts 1 and 2 And then, oh, there's that F word. We hate the F word. Fast. You know, and as you can tell, I don't do it super often. There's something about that that shows God you're serious and you always want to check with your doctor especially if you're on medications you know do what you can do and I tell people if you can't fast food because of your glucose or whatever it is that's all messed up in your body either pray for healing or uh, give something else up that that's that you love to do maybe it's TV my mom's satellite dish went out for three days and about drove her crazy For some of us, we would go nuts if we didn't have our TV. So fast, show God you're serious about this. Are you with me? And then pray, Lord, I believe, as you read, as you meditate on these scriptures, Lord, I want to be filled with more of you, with your Holy Spirit. And then do what Jesus said, that one thing. Now, some of you are going to come back in two weeks and say, I got it. Or you're going to come in and go, Brother, it was the best two weeks of my life. I believe this. But some of you are going to come back and you're going to be ready and you're going to be ripe and we're going to pray for you after a short teaching in two weeks. And I'm going to, I actually have videos to show you of people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and what it meant for them. And we're going to show some of those in two weeks. So come back. But in the meantime, do your homework. Well, brother, I'm already filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen! Then you, my friend, had better be praying for the rest of these. And there isn't a person in this room that can't use a little more. Would you stand with me? God is good. And all the time. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing in this church and this family of believers. And I pray for those that are here today that may be new to the faith or may be new to you. Lord, I pray that if they're here today and they need Jesus, that even now they would confess, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. If that's you, you pray that prayer right where you're at right now. Lord, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. I want to come after you. I want to follow you. I want all that that crazy preacher up there is talking about today. And God will meet you right where you're at. And then you go and you read that, Luke chapter 11, and you see if what I'm saying isn't truth because Jesus is the one that said that. If you ask, you'll get it. And Lord, I thank you for every vessel in this room, every vehicle that is here today that parked for this last hour and a half. God, fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. We pray that the gifts of the Spirit would be released on this body in new and in fresh ways. And no man would stand between what you're trying to do with this church called the hope. And Lord, we dedicate this day to you. We give you... All that's happened to you be all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, everything that's going to happen, even in advance, we thank you for it. Keep us safe as we come and go, Lord. And help us, help us to let our light shine and to be a witness for Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Get out of here and have fun. God bless you.